0: Welcome to the Mix in the Six podcast. I'm your host, Gina Marie, and thank you for tuning in to hear stories from the Mix community in Toronto and beyond. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples covered by Treaty 13. This space is all about sharing our stories, building community and learning from one another and having fun. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the in the Six podcast. I am here with Jen Saccato. She is a stand-up comedian, a host. You've seen her on CBC Radio, Just for Laughs, the San Diego Comedy Festival. And if you've ever come to our in the Six comedy pop-up, she is the hostess with the mostess. She's also a friend and a fellow HAPA queen. Welcome.
1: Ooh, thank you so much. What an intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One thing though, just like the comedy, the stand-up in me, I have not done Just for Laughs. I've and JFL42 Therefore, oh, wow. if you in this stand up world, very different. So that's all. But thank you, thank for, you that for that glowing
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you are awesome. And JFL, Just for Laughs, what's the difference? Now I want to know for people out there.
1: Well, Just for Laughs in Montreal is like the premier fucking comedy festival in the whole world. Like that's mm. the fucking creme de la creme. JFL 42 is a newer venture that they started, I don't know, five, six years ago, something like that. And it's like 42 acts. It's a lot of similar acts to Who Goes to Just for Laughs in Montreal, but it has happens here in Toronto and it's a little different
0: (laughs) it's a little different got you good to know now this is not to do with being mixed but what do you think like you know the future of stand-up comedy how is that looking what are your thoughts I'll
1: tell you how it looks now and it's looking freaking weird it's (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's nice that clubs are opening up again but there have been a lot of outdoor shows patio shows park shows yeah uh, that kind of stuff where you know open air is possible but even inside they're doing it and like socially distancing people, you know, the staff are wearing masks. There's one club even where there's like plexiglass around the stage. So it's kind of weird. It's definitely very weird. I think probably it's going to be weird till there's a vaccine. You know what I mean? As with any other, you know, indoor activity. But it's definitely weird having people sit far apart because that's like the last thing you want to happen in stand-up comedy. You want people to sit close together. Let's say someone's sitting next to you laughing hysterically. You're probably going to feed off of that a little bit, right? And like laugh yourself. So having people spaced out far apart where they feel exposed and like, you know, maybe they're not as keen to laugh as readily. It's so weird. It's a weird time right now. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? We can reminisce about some of the old times during Absolutely. our time here together like, like the mix and the six pop-up show man
1: oh, those yeah. were the best shows yeah they were great
0: yeah. well what was it like performing at our shows you hosted oh. both of them and you were an instrumental part of putting together and in fact i feel like you were the inspiration and you helped like kind of make it happen and initiate it and i people still talk about them today and as you know, know. we had nick reynolds on the show and he was yeah. amazing and so yeah, yeah what was that like for you performing and hosting in a room pretty well full of mixed people
1: Oh, it was the best, man. Well, first of all, I remember my very first Mixed in the six event. It wasn't a comedy show. It was just like a pop-up, right? I was like, is this a dating event? (laughs) Because everyone here is so hot. Because, you know, mixed people, obviously. And then we had our show, our comedy (laughs) show at the Gladstone in a beautiful space in the back. It was just like primed, ready for a stand-up comedy show. Everyone was so into it. Everyone was just like, it was such good vibes that night, right? I remember it was so good. And, uh, you know, know drinks were flowing tunes were flowing at the end it was so good it was great but just to like have a room full of mixed people who you don't even have to be the same mix as these mixed people and you can just tell it a joke about your experience being mixed or mistaken for something or whatever and any mixed person seems to be able to relate to it and so that was really cool I don't know what it is about Mixed in the Six but there tend to be a lot of hard Asian people which is awesome but you know either way it doesn't matter <laughs> but uh, yeah and I remember that first show was uh, I think it was like the week of Chinese New Year right? so that was kind of fun but anyway it was really cool and to be able to showcase the mixed talent we have in our city is really really cool so Thank you for letting me curate the shows and, and uh, introduce like some wicked stand-up comedians to the group, Mixed to the Six.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I know, so Nick, I actually heard it before, but everyone else was new. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like there are a lot of like mixed comics out there? Is there a way that we can create a space for people to showcase their talent more in the future?
1: Definitely. I'd say for like, this is the thing, when me and my husband, Patrick Hakeem, who's also Mm -hmm. mixed, who was also on the Mixed and Six pop-up show, when we were talking about like which comedians I should book, we're like, oh man, I'm going to run out of this list really fast because, yeah, there's mixed people. But look, I'm just being straight up, the comics who I would want to book for this type of event, you know, I want a really good comics, obviously. There's a, a small handful but there's always new comics coming up. So who knows, maybe in a year, there's going to be some killer, you know what I mean? That will be made aware of. So, uh, should we do them again? There will always be fresh voices. But also like the pros who we booked on the shows before, yeah. they're pros. So like they're good at coming up with new materials, stuff like that. So you know what I mean? So it's definitely, it, we're kind of a smaller group, I'd say, mixed race stand-up comedians. Like that's such a niche, you know, group. Yeah, <laughs> But um, no, there's going to be plenty of laughs for a long time.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And you'd created an amazing show. I still laugh about the show <laughs> still to this day. Yeah. Kind of an, an interesting thing that I've noticed is sometimes I feel like when I go out in the world or I go to Mix in the six events, I'm like, oh, I see a half Asian person. But there's some people where like, they might be a stand up comment. They might be really good, They might be an actor, actress, singer, whatever. But we don't know, always know that people are mixed by just by looking at okay. them, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I'll just say like your husband, Patrick Hakeem, very, very funny. He's out there doing some kind of socially distanced shows. I wouldn't say when I look at him, I think of a mixed person, but he is, uh-huh. he's
1: mixed. What's, what's his mix? Yeah, so he likes to say that he presents as soft ethnic and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that he looks like he should be in an r b group called soft ethnicity <laughs> but uh, yeah like he has blue eyes that comes from his syrian dad mm-hmm. and but he has like a light light olive tone which comes from his ecuadorian mom he looks like maybe he's mediterranean or something like that but yeah syrian and ecuadorian so yeah quite a unicorn <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a unique
0: mix and yeah. what about you what's your mix I know it but like tell the people tell them what they want to hear <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my mix is Japanese and white Canadian so background British like British Canadian and uh I always joke that that was like so exotic it was such an exotic mix in the 80s and 90s because it was you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Half Japanese. Oh, you know, and like Weezer wrote a song about it. You know, uh, El Scorcho. God it, you. Japanese girls, you do it to me every time. But now we're like a dime, a goddamn dozen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love how it makes the six. Like there's people with some straight up, very unique, never seen before, whatever the expression is, mixes. And uh, I love it. I love it for that. It's great. I, I just love Toronto, man. because like we were so blessed that this happens more often in a big city. You know what I mean? I mean, I know you're from like small town, right? So you were probably like Not only checked off the box as possibly one of the only mixed people in town, but possibly one of the only Asians, Mm -hmm. possibly the only ethnic person in your class some years, I bet. You know, so yeah, Toronto is awesome for that. We just we got it all, you know.
0: I mean, I, you are the first mixed comic that I met. So how we met <laughs> for all of y'all who are listening. I went to your show. You uh, hosted these amazing shows, like ladies night down in the East end at the, was the underground cafe. Mm-hmm. You know what? Back in the day, I remember you were the host and a friend was performing and I got invited. And when you spoke of a joke where you were talking about your British side of the family and your Japanese side of the family. And I was like, <gasps> Somebody who gets me. And I like ran <laughs> afterwards. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, my name is Gina. I'm also mixed. You were hilarious. You're amazing. I love that you have a ladies' night. Everything's like just I felt really empowered. I felt super yeah. it's comedy, but I felt also really seen. I was like, oh my gosh, oh, finally so cool. finally yeah. a funny ass comic hosting her show who's like speaking my language. Yeah. You know, isn't like a cis white male. Again, hey, that mm-hmm. there's a, you know, a cis white male hosting comedy shows, but that's all I ever saw mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. like going Almost. to yuck yuck yep. shows. So I just want to say, I just want to acknowledge you for badass like series of shows because I went and brought people like every week. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. And that's how we became friends. Yes. Yeah. I want to kind of talk, obviously, talk more about your identity and how you identify and how you grew up and everything like that. But I also wanted just to chat with you a little bit about the ladies' night show and you know why was it important for you to have an all and when I say ladies' night, it was because all of the comics were female identified or yeah. Yeah. but
1: everyone was welcome yeah. to come to the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that. One was at a, a comedy club where you could smoke weed indoors, and uh, there's a bunch of these like weed lounges and whatnot around the city. So that one, unfortunately, underground comedy club shut down, did not survive the pandemic, unfortunately. However, the owner Joanne Baker is still producing comedy shows and whatnot around the city. So stay tuned, keep your ear to the ground, support Joanne Baker. She's fucking awesome. AKA Puff Mama is her name. Yeah. So anyway, I had performed comedy at a, a different weed room, and it generally the comedy shows at weed rooms tended to be very male heavy not only in the comics but in the audience yeah but especially the comics I don't know what it was like I would talk to other girl comics and they'd be like oh I just I don't know I feel nervous about going there like I don't know I don't know what it was but I was like there's no reason for that like there's no reason to feel uneasy or uncomfortable but regardless I was like you know what let's start an all-female comedy show actually oh, I'm totally lying it wasn't 100% my idea because some ladies at the club who frequent the club asked the owner hey why don't you do an all-female show so she approached me and I was like yeah that's a great idea great time for this so that's what it was so I think I did it for I don't know a couple years or something like that and then I handed the reins off to somebody else and it existed for a little while and yeah it was a good time yeah,
0: yeah you definitely created it as like a, obviously a safe space for the, all the comics to really do their thing and they were all like absolutely fucking hilarious Part yeah. of my, but it's my show I say. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah, I was like it, they were fucking hilarious comedy is one of those things and I've spoken about it before that it like feels it just makes me feel happy <laughs> yeah well that's, that's the
1: idea you know what I mean especially nowadays we need that you know we yeah. need that people just want to go out for a night have some drinks turn their brain off let them you know reward themselves for the hard week at work they had or trouble at home or health problems or whatever just go and let someone's stupid idiot thoughts entertain them you know what I mean it's such a good time
0: yeah. well speaking of like laughing at home you have an album tell us Tell us yeah. about it. Thanks.
1: Uh, it's called the dozen because there's 12 tracks and I am something of a donut whore. Anything I can do to incorporate donuts in my life. I did such as this album. So the album cover art is me being like, it's an animated, it's like that cartoon thing. Me being like a donut, like gone, like overseeing my donut kingdom and like piles of sugar, like reminiscent of uh, cocaine. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a good taste test of what I do on stage and whatnot. And, um, Definitely, like, it's my first release. It's a 20-minute EP, so I'm I'm really happy to get it out there. But, yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot few tracks about being mixed or, you know, my family and whatnot. I've gotten really good feedback from it from, like, strangers, too, who are like, yo, I mixed, too. This was so funny. Or just my parents are immigrants, and oh, my God, this is so funny. So that's really cool to hear. Of course, it's not meant to be, like, an anthem or a Bible or nothing like that for mixed-race people, but it just, that's who I am, right? So that's what I'm going to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody go download your album. It's on
1: Spotify, right? It's on Spotify, Apple. I clearly don't use iTunes because I call them <laughs> iTunes <laughs> Apple. Is that even a thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's on iTunes. It's on Tidal. Um, yeah. I think uses that. Google Play Music apparently is no longer very soon. Google yeah, Play. Yeah. But anyway, it's on that. But yeah, listen to it on Spotify. You know what I mean? Stream it. I don't care. I don't, I don't really care about album sales. <laughs> yeah. Well, will definitely
0: get out there. Get it. You're absolutely hilarious. And also you are speaking to like some of the jokes that you talk about. It's, you know, about who you are in your life and, and people really do identify with it. I'm there with you. I know oh, thanks, people girls. who... I always got really amazing feedback about the comedy show and about all of your like jokes. I, what I always love too is that you... Your jokes about being mixed, I felt like they just got so much laughter and like head nods. Like I would look around mm-hmm. and be like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Because any mixed or you know ethnic lady knows and or man and man that like I don't know what it is like guys think that it's flirtatious to like bring up stereotypes or something like one guy called me his little geisha I was like this date is over you know what I mean like here. I'm yeah. a human being you dumbass right like let, you know at least until you know me like that don't make those jokes you know what I mean mm. but let me make those jokes first which I would never call myself a geisha but let me make those jokes first and then set the tone for you to be like oh cool okay yeah I can say that and it could be funny and not horribly offensive and creepy yeah (laughs) guys are so dumb however I don't know you know maybe there's some white girls out there who are saying ridiculous things about like ethnic dudes and mixed dudes so who knows you know could be either way white men don't get all the blame yes white white women can be stupid too
0: i think it's also across the board there are people kind of fetishize yeah yeah. particularly at least i can speak for myself being a mixed asian woman Mm -hmm. i have like how many times i've gotten people telling me that i'm exotic
1: exotic yeah what about you i hate that term yes i used to get that all the time maybe so much not so much anymore how about you
0: So not as much anymore. No, I think, and I've spoken about this before where I feel like now I'm a little bit more racially ambiguous. I think I looked more mixed before more Mm. and more lately people believe, like people kind of just assume that I'm Latina. I don't know the Filipino mixed with like Canadian, (laughs) Caucasian. So I don't get it as much, but I've gotten it a lot in the past. And I think at first I was like, okay, this is cool. But then I don't know what it was. It just didn't always like it just after hearing it a hundred times, it kind of stopped sitting well with me it's like when I was younger when I was growing up like I was kind of made fun of and I wasn't like the pretty one I grew up in this small town Mm -hmm. and I was you know just kind of wished I was basically like everyone else Mm -hmm. but then as I gotten older it became cool for people to be mixed or for guys there was this fetishizing Mm -hmm. of Asian women but because like I had a little bit of white in me that that somehow made me mysterious and exotic but I kind Mm -hmm. of was like can't I just be a human being like that would be Gina yeah yeah can I just be Gina I'm <laughs> not. Also, I know it's meant to be a compliment, but it's just a little bit creepy. And it's like almost like I am good looking because I'm part white. Like, does that make me exotic? You know, like that was something that I was like navigating as well.
1: Mm-hmm. You'd, firstly, it's interesting you talk about how you looked more mixed race before. Because I found also, you know, I'm now 30 years old and uh, <laughs> over the years, yeah, I look different. You know, as a little child, I think I look like a little, yeah, like a little Japanese girl. I looked everything but what I am actually am. People would be like, are you native? Are you this? are you that? All kinds of stuff. oh yeah growing up it's, you know your face changes as you as you yeah. get older and um anyway but yeah i think the term exotic i don't hear it as much anymore as a society um, (laughs) we're not we're not on point with our words today i think general feeling is that to call someone exotic it's not always a good move yeah and i reached a point where when people would call me exotic i would say hey I, i know you meant that as a compliment but what it tells me is that you view me as an other or an outsider and from here. You know what I mean? You can't get more Toronto Canadian than me sometimes, I guess sometimes in my life. But uh it's like, no, like you know, I'm from here. Do different people fuck and uh <laughs> this is what happened. You know what I mean? I'm just like you. Yeah. And you know, sometimes uh it's not always guys who would use the word exotic. Sometimes it was well meaning, you know, women, people of all ages, whatever. But I would always kind of say that because I'm like, you know what? it makes me feel like you view me as an other. So I I know you meant it as a compliment, but you don't need to say that word around me anymore. And usually they would take it fine. If it was a guy, usually I would never hear from that guy again, which Mm -hmm. tells me, okay, well, just an idiot. And it's just going to go be a creep to some other poor old lady. (laughs) You know what I mean? So no loss here on this part.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that perspective. I appreciate that. I was saying it's creepy, but you know, when you say like it makes me like, you know, it makes people feel potentially like they're another. And for many mixed people in Toronto, as you spoke to, there's many of us, right? There's uh-huh. much more diverse here than humble beginnings of Angus, Ontario. But there's mixed people who are born in Canada, <laughs> and are born in yeah. Toronto and Ontario. Yeah. And just because one of our parents might be, or both of our parents are from other parts of the world, or we are mixed and we have like, we, we're unique, doesn't mean that we have to be like othered or feel Mm-hmm. Like to to
1: progress, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah because my upbringing was very Canadian like I'm so thankful yeah. to my mom because she did enroll me in heritage school <laughs> so Saturday morning language classes Japanese and we did a lot of cultural stuff and like you know I've been to Japan many times so like culturally yeah like I I know Japanese culture quite well but for all intents and purposes I grew up very Canadian Do you know what I mean like I went to fucking brownies as a kid I uh we I had a lemonade stand as a kid uh they hung out at the mall you know i mean just usual fucking shit that any other kid here would have experienced so uh yeah but you know it's interesting do you ever think about what if you were raised in the philippines i do how do you think you would like identify if you i'm thankful i grew up in canada so thankful oh yeah because in japan man they are still they still got a long ways to go in terms of xenophobia because it is quite a culturally ethnically you know Mono, it's a monocultural country basically, and for the longest time, foreigners were just. You know, here on a teaching or there on a teaching job or something like that. And the uh, mixed kids would get peas. Yeah. Oh my God, God forbid you're fucking black and Japanese over there. It's a rough time. So I'm glad. I'm glad that I was raised here in Canada. Yeah. How do you think things would have gone if you were, grew up in the Philippines?
0: Well, let me reflect on that in a moment. But I just want to say that, I, you know, there was the Miss Japan.
1: Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. forgot
0: her name, Ariana something.
1: Yeah. I forgot something her name. Stan something. Yeah. 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 So Beautiful. She, she's yeah.
0: gorgeous and she's part black her dad isn't even yeah. American and uh, so she's really been outspoken in Japan uh, uh, and she speaks Japanese born there like she oh, is yeah. Japanese okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she definitely looks like black as well there was so much backlash
1: yeah. from
0: yeah. when she won like where the you know people in Japan like not all of people were like she doesn't represent us like lots of like anti-black yeah. racism towards her and she won she was the winner of the Japan, like Universe Pageant, and and so much strength. I've like I've watched some of her videos and read articles about her. And interestingly enough, she I think one of the inspirations for her to compete and in the Miss Japan Pageant and also be like an advocate and a spokesperson for other mixed people in Japan was because one of her friends, like a high school friend who was mixed, actually like took their own life. Yeah, because they felt like an outsider. So, like I really appreciate you bringing that up. That you know, I think sometimes in some parts of the world, being mixed can be seen as like, you know, intriguing and more beautiful, which I'll speak to in a moment to go back to your question, like in the Philippines but in other parts of Asia, not very far from the Philippines, Japan it's still to this day like very, it can be like looked down upon in a way, even from the larger society, you can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm...
1: No, very much so. It's a very homogeneous culture, that's what I was trying to say before, where everything not even just physical you know, your ethnic background, but I mean the way you behave, the way you carry yourself, the way you dress is so it's good to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's still very much what Japan is. You can literally buy a magazine for every decade of your life and it'll be like, here's how you dress in your 30s. Here's how you do that. And sure, we feel that way over here, definitely. But so much, so, so much more over there. Individuality is not really appreciated and uh, celebrated like it is here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when I think about whether, you know, if I were to grow up in the Philippines, like a lot of things come to mind. Like so I was there in 2018 and I went there by myself for the first time as an adult. Uh-huh. And, you know, when I went there a little prior to that, I was 10. And I also realized like how much more like resources and like how much our dollar, our Canadian dollar, like is just so much more. It just goes so much further. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think when I also when I went there in 2018, I realized that like being mixed or having some Canadian or European heritage does give just like economically a step up. Mm uh-huh. So like, I think I'm not even sort of just going by just socioeconomic status. My thoughts are like, if I were to have grown up or if my family, my dad and my mom would have met and they were, you know, I was mixed and I came out (laughs) the way I came out and we somehow eventually moved to the Philippines, I feel like I just would have had a very different Mm -hmm. status in society, which Uh is so (laughs) interesting because I grew up, like my mom moved here when she was 11. My family in the Philippines did have like rice fields and properties, but they weren't like rich or anything like that. But they definitely had enough resources more than maybe some of their neighbors and other people in their community to send like half of their children to the states in Canada. My mom had, it was one of 11 brothers wow. and sisters. So that was a lot. And so, you know, I think the things just would have been different. I would have just, I think I would have been accepted in a different way. Like I yeah. grew up in Canada being, you know, childhood was great, but it was like, I looked different and we just didn't really have like a lot of money. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we weren't like, and, and I'm not saying like, like, we would have money potentially in the Philippines, but we would just be in a different level than we were here.
1: I see, I see. Yeah.
0: Secondly, when I went there in 2018 on vacation, I went to visit my friend Dre. What up, Dre? Who's also mixed. He's actually from Toronto, but he's mixed Filipino. Like, well, he grew up partly in Toronto, but his family is also from the Philippines. But both of his parents are mixed Filipino with like European, Spanish. They own a restaurant. And then Dre actually went on vacation to Baraka, this amazing island, and ended up staying there for 12 years. He's still there. Wow. And I remember he was always like, Gina, you need to come to Baraka there's so many other mixed people and I was like really what and then when I went there I'm like many mixed Filipino people who are just like <sighs> super awesome and worldly and mm-hmm. like they look like I was like whoa like we didn't all look alike like you know some people uh-huh. say the people do but I was like I could you know you when you meet another like mixed person like if you see another mixed Japanese person you're like what up you oh know,
1: <laughs> gosh, <I laughs> and know. That
0: yeah. tribe and so I yeah. was like who knows I didn't I grew up here and that's what was my life but I feel like let's just say I was mixed and I grew up in Rock eye, I probably would have come like I would have felt way more t- <laughs> I, would have, I probably would have had less like identity issues because totally. when I got a sense from when I was in the Philippines and I've always got this is that the Filipino people see mixed people as like a, kind of like a higher status, they mm-hmm. regard them as more beautiful and like so, that's a little bit of a weird situation for me too because I'm kind of like, I think it's like colonialism where like a, having some influence from like European or whiteness just makes people more elevated, but because of colonialism and like oh, uh-huh. try, like other countries trying to like dominate and like then people who have more of that closeness to whiteness have, yeah are just given more opportunities and more privilege, which, uh-huh. you know, it, it's a thing, but it also feels strange because I didn't necessarily grow up with that type of privilege besides my dad being white, but I also grew up in Angus. So anyway, that's a different kind of vibe. But then, you know, in the Philippines when I was there, like I went through the airport and, you know, someone was like, you told me that I they thought I was a celebrity. Yes.
1: No, and I'm like, OK, like, yeah, yeah. and well, I'm so not. <laughs> in, in, in Japan, like, uh, I should say, you know, kids would get teased for being mixed, for sure. But if you are so good looking, mm-hmm. you're going into entertainment. Like, that's right. the natural move, right? So in Japanese entertainment, there are a, quite a bunch of mixed people. But it's like, you got to speak fluent Japanese.
0: Yeah, you have to be Japanese. You have to conform to that
1: culture. Culturally, exactly. And it's like, you got some like white influence features and can maybe speak a little bit about kaigai, which means like overseas, outside of the country, is what overseas means. Then you're like, you're golden. You know what I mean? That said, it's really interesting. Over the years, like ever since I was a kid, growing up in 1980 (laughs) and uh, really secure about my age, as you can tell, Uh, (laughs) in the 80s. Ever since TV in the 80s, I remember. So Japan has a lot of, like, panel shows, a lot Mm -hmm. of, like, panel, like, either celebrities or just, like, people who... You know, this is their job. They bounce from panel to panel on TV show. There's always the black guy who's like super fluent in Japanese mm. and everything he says is like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But uh no, going back to like, Filipino people and like finding your tribe, yeah. I had that moment when I was in Maui. So my sister got married in Maui, just like destination wedding type thing. And it happened to be the week of Obong, which is like a week in August where basically Japanese people it's like a festival celebrations to honor the dead and like your Mm. your ancestors and whatnot and what? Like, there are so many Hapas and Kuapas, you know, that term for quarter, right? Yeah. And just like mixed people and like all like celebrating their Japanese heritage. And like, I loved it. It was so cool. But they're you know, Hawaiians. They're like American, you know, so oh, oh yeah. it was really cool. There's just so many of them.
0: How did that feel like to, I guess, connect with other people who also identified as Hapa? It sounds like it was awesome. Like, what did that feel like for you emotionally, physically?
1: Well, it felt awesome. More so, I think it was just like having a lot of young people engaged in their Japanese heritage was what did it for me. Because here, there isn't a huge Japanese population in Toronto, right? And like, yeah, we have the Japanese-Canadian Cultural Center. I don't know. I haven't been to a long time. I guess it's just like I don't have a lot of friends my age or my mm-hmm. mix or heritage or background or whatever. So I don't know, maybe that was it. But it was it was really cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Was like
0: so, super <laughs> everyone was super yeah. yeah. Keyword yeah. hot. Yeah. So so being Japanese and British, like how do you identify now as you are today?
1: I identify as mixed race, that's usually like the first terminology I'll go to. People ask, I'll say my mother's Japanese, my father is Anglo-Canadian, that's what I call him. Because I hate the term just Canadian, because nobody's fucking just Canadian. I mean, unless your name is Dwight Ferguson and you're from like Fenelon Falls, Ontario, but <laughs> even then, you're probably <laughs> Scottish or Irish, like going back. So, uh, and then growing up, mostly in my youth, I would call myself Japanese-Canadian, mm-hmm. but nowadays it's mixed race.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I identify as mixed Filipino-Canadian, but growing up, I identified as Asian. Question for you, like, is there throughout your life, was there a certain time where you were identifying more as Japanese, like culturally or more Canadian, or was it a mixed or has it been just a confusing mashup? of? (laughs) Even as I asked that question, I'm like, There's no straight answer for this.
1: You know, there was never time periods. Mm -hmm. It was more like the place. Where am I right now? Am I Japanese school? Yeah. I'm Nisei, second generation Japanese. Where am I right now? Am I public school? Oh, Canada, you know what I mean? Like, it's where I was. And even now, it's like, if I'm in small town Ontario stopping for gas, I'll like turn up my Canadian. (laughs) 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 I don't know why, I just do. But yeah, it's more the place as opposed to the time. You know I mean? Yeah, that
0: makes sense. And I've, I've heard this before in some of my conversations. It's like, you know, depending on the community, the setting, it's like, okay, am I like mm-hmm. Japanese today? Am I more Filipino today? Do you ever feel like you want to identify more with one part of yourself, but it's
1: hard to? Yes, I have always wanted to identify more of my Japanese self because especially like um, a bunch of years ago when I was like looking into how I could live there and work. Yeah. You really want to do your spiritual typical teaching English thing but my Japanese wasn't strong enough to have like a Japanese person's job right so that time that time I definitely wish I was just better I mean my Japanese is good enough to get by but in terms of the workplace no I can't so for that time yeah and uh that's about it man otherwise I'm quite comfortable you know with what's going on with me (laughs) that's
0: (laughs) great the comfort with like what's going on with you I like that I'm like also I feel you too i'm like very comfortable with being mixed was there ever like a time where you i know you just mentioned when you were in japan but like kind of growing up was there like parts of your life where you felt like uncomfortable being mixed or it was hard to find that identity
1: yeah i guess so because like even i remember sometimes even in school kids would be like what's this in japanese i'm like i don't know they're like you don't even speak it so even for them i wasn't even fucking japanese enough you know what i mean (laughs) But uh, no, overall, it really wasn't too bad. And, you know, for me, it's like the people in my life who I became friends with were just good people. Just good people. Mm -hmm. That was the requirement for me as opposed to you know, cultural uh, connection or anything like that. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Coming back to comedy, how do you like navigate being like a mixed like Japanese-Canadian woman like in the comedy world?
1: On the one hand, I truly believe that funny is funny and you should be booked on merit. You should be booked on shows based on if you're funny. But at the same time, (laughs) if someone used me to tick off a box when they're booking a show, like, hey, I need a, a woman or I need an Asian or whatever. I'm happy to pick that box, you know what I mean? But um, no, at the end of the day, it's like, so in my first album that I just released, I do have jokes about being mixed and whatnot because that's just part of my life. But it's also, it might also be like, as I become a better writer and experience more things in life and whatnot, you know, perhaps my jokes in the future may not have anything to do with my racial identity and just my life as is, you know what I mean? So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves like I said off the top, comedy is really weird right now. So I'm not like fully excited about performing in front of 15 people spaced out in a backyard. But uh, when things get back to normal, you know, I hope to have like a whole bunch of new material. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll be there for sure. Oh, thank you. On? <laughs> I'm also curious, are there comed- comedians out there that you identify with? That I identify with?
1: in some ways like i love for as crazy as america is it has a lot of great ethnic comics hmm. who talk about their experience being ethnic and their parents being immigrants and having to like translate stuff at school and doctors for them and all that and so those i always find funny fucking sebastian maniscalco will forever be one of my top three so he talks a lot about growing up you know italian american and like you know, the seemingly crazy cultural things that he grew up with and whatnot. Yeah, I love that shit. But in terms of identity, like man, I Joan Rivers to me is like the goat. You know what I mean? She's is Joan Rivers? Yeah, she's just so insane and just says whatever the fuck she wants. I wonder, though, how she would do in today's climate. Because like a lot of the shit she said was like, I don't believe in censorship at all with comedy. But it's like even I hear some of her stuff now and I'm like, I just feel like some people wouldn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, she's the best, man. Well, well, comedy
0: is meant to be provocative. I know it's interesting because you don't want to, well, I, as a non-comic, I'm like, you don't want to offend anybody, but like, eh, you're gonna. Yeah. So some comedians that I I found that I identify with, I really like Ellie Wong.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, she's yeah, great. Mm-hmm. She's
0: She's so funny when she talks about you know, just being Asian. And also Joe Koi, who yeah. is mixed Filipino or no, yeah. He's Filipino and yeah, American.
1: He's mixed, yeah. 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 I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mall, uh, jokes. Do you know Steve Byrne? He's Korean Irish. Just check him out he's so funny he oh, burn? burn yeah b-y-r-e-n-e i love how ali wong especially in her first special which was really like catapulted her right to fame she doesn't even mention that she's pregnant until like many years in she's so obviously like about to pop and then she also talks that she has so she's like so raunchy and dirty and you wouldn't really expect that from like a deep little Asian woman yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> is so funny.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing, what you just said too, about like people not expecting like, you know, Asian, small, petite women to just be out there and forthcoming and outspoken. Uh-huh. And I always am like, that's silly. Because I so even sometimes find I actually went, went to a, a little small socially distanced gathering recently. Uh-huh. And there was someone who was just being really rude. He was a guy. And like I just was like, no, I can't do it. And I turned to him and I I was like, yo, (laughs) blah, 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 (laughs) you're being a dick. And like, people were so surprised. Uh I don't know if you've ever had that before. And I don't know if maybe it was just because I'm a woman and maybe they weren't expecting that out of me because of the way that I look. But I'm like, you know, we can pack a punch if we need to. Oh my God. Where
1: does the tiger mom stereotype come from, right? (laughs) Like Asian women (laughs) can be fucking nuts, right? So... (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I've never had anyone be surprised with me. Like for me, I just, you know, um, I don't know. I've always just like, I will say whatever in order to, if I see something wrong that's happening, I'll step in and deal it, not deal with it, but I'll step in and say something. So I don't know. Maybe there's something more to this story that we don't know. Like perhaps this guy, maybe the, your friends are. I mean, no offense. Maybe they're all pussies and have never spit <laughs> themselves. themselves. So, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look,
0: oh have you always been like? Because I feel like you need a lot of confidence to get out there and do comedy. Like, have you always been kind of outspoken and confident and out there?
1: No, definitely not. Definitely not. You know, class speeches. I would often be quite nervous and whatnot. But. I I don't know i with stand-up it's like you can't be good being nervous mm-hmm. and uh the few times i have been nervous on stage you know it was quite evident that it didn't go over well so i learned very quickly like to get over that shit. but uh no no i don't know there's something about it i also find as i get older I'm, i just want peace in my life peace and quiet so maybe stand up is like the one outlet where i'm just like okay let it rip if i want to if i'm feeling snarky that day <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh, I can imagine it's a nice way to express and like just let things go (laughs) Uh Uh yeah yeah
1: yeah and people enjoy that too people like to just see someone else having a meltdown sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and sit back and just laugh at it but no that being said I'm not up there screaming every night as you know you've seen me
0: no, you're, Jen, you are a fantastic comic. You're a wonderful person and friend and uh, I'm really, you. really fortunate to have crossed paths with you. And oh man, I'm so you.
1: pumped. I'm so pumped that we met that, that fortuitous night and that we partnered together and put on our mixed six show and stuff like that. And we remain friends. Yeah, oh and God, I hope people made a birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you.
0: It's my I'm
1: 35. you <laughs> no, no, you got, got to grumble on a different part of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just was like, I gave it away. I'm 35, I'm 35. People still say that I look, I'm in my 20s and I'm like, because well, mm. Asian don't reason.
1: You know what I mean? We yeah. got
0: it. Well, yeah. my mom is like, she's in her mid fifties and she looks fabulous.
1: Wow. I mean, it's
0: just, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I'm not a scientist, but if someone wants to <laughs> let us know why, what is the science yeah i don't know we just have a maybe it's just something with our genetics we don't know we just yeah Asian don't raise it (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'll take it
0: is there a final question for you for other people out there who identify as mixed japanese anglo-canadian or japanese like caucasian what advice would you give them if any
1: Oh man! Well, embrace every part of you that you enjoy. You know what I mean? If any ethnicity or whatever, like if you have a stinky food in your culture, fucking embrace it. You know what I mean? I love natto. I don't know if you know what natto is. Yeah, stinky fermented soybeans. Ooh! One time, I uh, I had like a psychopathic roommate who, for like a week, I was sleeping with my desk pushed up against the door in case he tried to like bust through. And my mom told me she's like, "Don't eat natto because he will get angry." <laughs> <laughs> Just embrace and love every part that you love. You know what I mean? If there's a dorky part of your... Even if the ethnic majority around you is white and you like some dorky part of being white around your other ethnicity peoples and they make fun of you for being white. Like my fucking husband calls me... Okay, he calls me white sometimes. And (laughs) if... It really used to bother me, but I'm like, I know what you mean by that. You're saying I'm quirky and I'm uptight. And you know what? I am. So fuck off. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just embrace it. Just be you. Just embrace it and love it. And another thing is, you know, I use the term mixed race here. But if I were to go to Japan and people are like, "Oh, what's you know, what are you?" and you just say, "I'm half, Mm -hmm, half, which you know, if you really start to boil it down, some people don't like that term because it implies that they're not a whole." But a couple years ago, I read somebody's experience online about how they don't identify as half one and half this, but as two whole cultures. Mm -hmm. And what a blessing and a wonderful experience we get to go through in life to experience two cultures or three four, you know? I think that's just wicked. Well, that's so cool.
0: Mm. I yeah. love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, we're two whole cultures. <laughs> it is a real like blessing. I think I think a lot of times when I'm having these conversations with people, we'll talk about the pain points and like, you know, how there's been some difficulties like navigating, being mixed, navigating the world. But it really is a, a beautiful thing to get to experience and potentially like immerse ourselves in different cultures. And I love what you said too, Jen, is just to embrace everything that you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the, be... the quirkiness, the weirdness, the stinky food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: (laughs) 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 especially the stinky food
0: yeah well thank you so much for being on the show and again thank you for having me yeah and also just for anyone who's listening hasn't already listened to your album how can people get in touch with you how can people follow your work
1: i guess the easiest thing is just to follow my instagram at jensicato i have a link up there for my album if you want to stream or download and that's about it any fun shows i'll be doing i'll be posting on my instagram so just keep your eyes on that
0: Thank you, Jen, for being here. And definitely follow on Instagram. Get her album, The Dozen. She's amazing. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mix in the Six podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you do, do not forget to subscribe, comment, and share the love to keep bringing more stories, insights, and cool perspectives from the Mixed community. And if you or someone you know is a fellow Mixie and want to share your unique story and are up to awesome stuff, we want to hear from you for a potential feature. Look below in the show notes for more info. Much love to you and see you soon.